Hi, this is Mark Miller with another in the 30 in 30 series. Today I'm here with Alice Wilder. Alice, how are you? Good. How are you, Mark? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm loving this weather. I told you we played pond hockey yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jealous. No, you should be. It's, it's, it's hard to find a frozen lake around here. <laughs> One that's safe enough to go on, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We had to actually go to Connecticut. <laughs> um, you know, you and I were discussing a bit about some of the work that you've been doing, and I wanted to know, in general, um, how is social media being integrated in into the schools that you're you're working with now? Well, that's a great question, Mark. I think that um, it's being integrated in uh, sections, so it really depends on the teacher and um, their ability to know the technology and know a good use for it, I think. So one great example that I saw was um, I saw a video of a kindergarten classroom teacher who was using Twitter with her five-year-olds to help keep in touch with the parents and uh, um, of her classroom so that they were basically telling the parents what was going on in the classroom, which I just think is brilliant because what it does is it allows those parents then to have deeper conversations. So when they go home, it's not as much, how was your day, honey, which usually gets a response of fine or good. <laughs> they can really talk specifically about things that are going on concretely in the classroom, which will get kids excited and actually allow for discussions to happen. So I think that kind of use of social media in the classroom is just very innovative and thoughtful and keeps kids away from maybe the dangers of what people mm -hmm, consider mm -hmm. using social media in a classroom. Um, it's it's interesting you say that, Alice, about the the communication between the kids and the parents at home. I mean, you and I know that if, if I come home and say, Alice, how was your day? <laughs> oh, it was fine. Or I, Good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what we're able to do then with the social media in real time in the school, evidently, from what you're seeing, is give parents immediate conversation pieces when the kids come home. Right. And and also it, it helps with um, extended family as well. So another example that I've, that I've seen is uh, a kindergarten teacher who basically sent out a weekly newsletter update mm -hmm. with photos that she took from the week as well as... Um, just different events or uh, projects that the kids were working on and, was, and used the children's names in those classrooms, right? And so at the, at the end of the week, she would send that out. And what, what's happening is then the parents are then sharing that with their extended family. And then extended family can then ha know who's in their, the kid's classroom and talk specifically about friends and know a little bit about them. Um, and again, just in that way, developmentally, for a five-year-old, mm -hmm. this is what I think social networking could mean. You know, you and I were talking a little bit earlier, too, about uh, the specific age ranges, ranges and how things change. We were talking about yeah. the, the seven- to nine-year-olds. Yeah. As parents, we think, oh, wouldn't it be great to have pen pals in South America? But you've got a different view on that, right? 
I do. I think, I think, you know, I, I spoke, I spent, uh, in January, I was talking with, uh, approximately 107 to nine year olds about, uh, making things and sharing that. And surprisingly, what I found was that their desire to share it on a social media platform was very limited. Their world developmentally is still their family and community, and they couldn't wait to um, give it to a parent or a teacher or a friend and see their actual reactions to their projects. And there were two other things that came out, which was one was they didn't want kids to copy them, Hmm. and they didn't want to copy other kids' work. They wanted to have their own original ideas. And so it just still seems that that age group really wants the concrete, personal learning and showing um, that happens at that age versus, say, a teenager who's really starting to understand and learn about the world and become get their 15 minutes of fame or <laughs> that kind of thing really does seem to happen later. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It's it's perceived, I think, by a lot of people that kids always want attention and they they want to be famous. But from what you told me earlier, that seven- to nine-year-old, that's not the driving force behind this anymore. Right, right. It's uh, fame, fame comes from... Uh, from from family, from direct connection, there's a there's a lot more. They I don't even know that they fully grasp the outside world in that way yet. As as teachers are connecting with other classrooms and both nationally and internationally, what's interesting when you look at the seven to nines or younger is that what do they really care about? They they look at those kids who look like them or look different than them, but maybe look like the same age as them. And what they want to know is, what do you do? What do you do that's like what I do? Or what mm-hmm. do you do that's different than what I do? But it's very, um, it's it's a very concrete way of thinking about friendships and community versus understanding the world and differences. Right. So from your observation then, it doesn't matter the geographical location because the kids don't understand geography anyway yet. Right. I mean, they can start to absorb it. It's not that it's not worth doing. It, it starts, it's the starting point of opening up their world to something bigger. Mm-hmm. But they can only truly understand it when they're, when they're ready to actually understand it. Yeah. So it's a good launching. It's a great way. It's a great introduction. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the way that they'll understand it and master that is to get to know those kids and then as they understand more their their viewpoint and perspective on it will will also go broader nice nice uh as as we put on our kind of futuristic goggles here alice (laughs) what if you were going to uh have a school district or an educational system pursue social media or community in a specific way how, how would you push it towards the future what would you be working on well, that's a great question. I think it would be, I, I would have them be working on things that help to promote the bigger purpose of whatever it is they're doing. So it it makes sense in to use it in kindergarten 
to help inform families, mm-hmm. both directly, you know, the ones that they live with, as well as uh, extended family, and the, and grow it from from there. But I I think you have to use. Listen, social media is just a tool, right? So we need to know. We need to really focus on what do we need kids at their various developmental stages to know and learn and why, and then how can we use these tools to then extend that vision yeah. or promote that mission. And, and, and that's what we should be focusing on. And these tools are powerful and they can, they can broaden horizons uh, in more powerful ways than we've ever been able to, but we just have to use it towards whatever it is that our, is our end goal. And I like that. I, in general, I think the the uses of technology, people have turned it upside down. Mm-hmm. It's that, and what you're saying to me is the use here is contextual. What's trying mm-hmm. to be accomplished, and is this the appropriate tool? Exactly. Nice, nice. Exactly. Well, thanks, Alice. Always nice to talk to you. Thank you. You too. <laughs> and uh, we'll be in touch, especially when you come down to the West Village. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Keep up the great work. Thank you. Okay.